Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. Attention. Everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Okay, here we are on Saturday for you guys. Uh, Mizzou football uh, is is 5-0, and Peyton and Kenny. Um, the Tigers did it. They survived the construction site trap game. I know I was tweeting um, a little bit, a little bit before it. There was a lot. There was a lot of discourse related to the construction, um, especially with those who were there in attendance to cover this game, which that was fun to see. But getting into it, you know, first and foremost, it was a thirty-eight to twenty-one win, and Mizzou football is now five and zero. Oh, they survive, and now we can finally um, have the reality that I think I've been trying to manifest at least on this show for weeks now, which is going into this LSU game now. Um, five and zero, oh. so very very exciting stuff. We're gonna dive into all of it, but real quick, um, to do the bet online read. So, um, quick word from the old sponsor, Bet Online. Football is back. Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info, with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real up real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. I know we use them for our best beats of the week segment. So it's very handy from week one, all the way to the college football playoff and super bowl bet online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to uh, the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. And then remember to use our promo code believe that's B L E A V believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. Okay. Um, we have, a, we have a bunch of specific talking points. This was an interesting game. I felt, I think, we, we kind of all had the same take diving into it. But first impressions, Mizzou 38, Vanderbilt 21, Tigers are 5-0, and and Mizzou fans, you can all breathe a comfortable sigh of relief. 2019 did not happen all over again. Yeah, uh, that was that's the main thing out of this. Mizzou's 5-0. and uh, There were a few hiccups along the way, but largely never really felt like Vanderbilt after the first quarter was going to be able to crawl back into this one. Again, the offense, it's just... Even though they keep shooting themselves in the foot, the O-line with the penalties, um, they just find ways to put up crazy points. I mean, Brady Cook is just a completely different player than he was a year ago. He sees the field perfectly well, obviously made some history. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Luther Burden has just emerged as an absolute game-breaker. Um, and they've gotten contributions uh, from from the other receivers as well. I mean, Mookie Cooper and Theo Weiss both had nice days as well. Um, largely more positive than not. It wasn't perfect. Mizzou still has not played a perfect game this season, in my estimation. But even in spite of that, they're 5-0, and and that is absolutely what you would have hoped for going into LSU. Even if they wind up not coming away with a win against LSU, I mean, this is an overwhelmingly positive uh, so far this year. Yeah, I think we were a little bit too cautious coming in this game. And I think we had every right to be just based on Mizzou's history in all sports, especially football and basketball. We call it a Mizzou moment. There's something that happens. Kentucky last year, Auburn last year. We were just waiting for that one hiccup, that one small thing to just take a you know good season, a good game, and just really throw it down the drain. Coming into this one, it felt a lot like 2019. The big difference is not the same head coach. There's four players from that 2019 team on this 2023 team. You know, there's a lot of different players that came and gone, um, two different quarterbacks in that time. And um, I think we just maybe overthought it a little bit. And I think it, that's okay. It's okay to overthink some of these games just based on the recent history of this Mizzou football team. We're seeing a very confident Brady Cook, a different guy. That You see this guy walking on the sidelines. It's not the same quarterback from last year. He believes in himself. He believes in his own players. He has a strong offensive, a stronger offensive line. Like Peyton said, nothing's perfect. I mean, going to this week, and of course they won. They won big. There's a lot of things you can nitpick. You can look at a little bit more. And we'll get into all this right now. 
but this team looks just stronger than last year. And I think we don't have to, you know, just you know sit back and be like, oh, you know, they could lose a trap game. They could lose this game going on the road. Drinkwitz doesn't have the best record on the road. We got to give them credit, though. Um, this Tigers team is doing it all, and they do have some hiccups, some things that they'll need to work on both sides of the ball. They've looked great through five games and one more game, and they've clinched a postseason play. And that's what the most important thing is about, you know, any season. You want to extend it. I I think I think there were times in this game that felt like they could have turned into those Mizzou moments like you like you guys both brought up. And and yeah, the team was able to overcome them and, and getting into it. You know, it starts in a lot of those Mizzou moments like we saw the example that comes instantly to my mind. Um Sometimes it comes with the officials. We saw that with the Kentucky game, it literally forced a rule change last year after that punting incident. And I don't want to stick on this too, too long because I think there were a lot of um, good things, especially that Missouri did to dive into. But we got to talk about it, gentlemen. The refereeing in this game was strange. Um, there was, you know, you you guys can go off on on the other stuff, but the two that come to my mind, there was the targeting call that they they double reviewed it and then didn't call targeting on the guy. And the one that really got me was the first touchdown where they said Luther didn't get in Mizzou was just tried to get to the line hurry and sneak Brady cook in they do that and then the refs go back and say no no we wanted to run a review and that play gets negated I mean that had felt like I went through all the hypotheticals like think about if that was a third down in the fourth quarter and it's a it's a one score game and then you get the first down but no you don't because the refs wanted to review like all sorts of craziness. You guys can mention some of the other stuff and then we can move on. But there was some strange behavior from the uh, officials in the stripes today. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it. they scored three touchdowns and got seven points for it. Um, that's kind of what it was. <laughs> I mean, it was a bit funky. I mean, just the constant announcements that Luther Burden is identifying as number 47 on the punt return. Yeah. Just a lot of weird things that I'm not used to seeing. It really did since it was so early and Mizzou kind of handled their own business, it became a small thing. Um, but I mean, I will say this of officiating the penalties for Mizzou. And I think largely almost all of them were fair enough calls that last hold on Javon Foster, I thought was a bit ticky tack, but it, it, it has been kind of the one thing that has really held Mizzou back uh, in a lot of instances this year. Um, especially on the O-line. The O-line, the last few weeks, it feels like when they have not been committing penalties, they have really done a great job, especially in pass protection. Brady Cook has not been under pressure a whole lot. I, I can't even think of a time. Did he get sacked today? I don't think he did. Um, uh, there, It's not perfect in the run run blocking, but it looks better than it was for a lot of times last year. But they got to clean up the penalties. I mean, Cameron Johnson in particular. I know in an ideal world, Mizzou might have Marcellus Johnson back out at uh, right guard. They probably wanted to do that today. Um, he was active and suited up, but probably not at 100%, so no need to push push it. Um, but, yeah, Mizzou's got to clean up the penalties. Even just, like, cutting the procedural ones. Like, just stop with the false starts, man. Like, that is just stuff that will really – it hasn't doomed them yet, obviously. They're still 5-0 and in spite of doing all these things and still can clean it up. But if it doesn't change, I mean, there is going to be a point later on in the year that it's probably going to cost you big time. I don't think I've really seen this before. Yeah, you see, I mean, we've seen it before. And you don't see it as often that you score a touchdown and then they want to review the play that was before that. And yeah. I'm just, I think it's impressive by Mizzou that, the you know, those two stops, you score the touchdown it's down to the one you scored the touchdown again. They're going to review the play, the previous play. And then you scored a touchdown right after. I mean, it didn't really kill the momentum. Of course, you know, uh, Cody Schrader getting to the edge is, you know, one of the, the best running plays they can do, especially just at the one yard line. He's going to be faster than whoever's going to be on the outside for the defense. And I like that you brought up the, those kind of like the run blocking issues over the offensive line, kind of segueing into that Peyton. Cause I, I remember there were two plays, um, Right, like right at the snap, like the the Vanderbilt defense. I think it might have been like third and five or two, second and five. And Brady Cook was it was just QB draw right away. He was going to run to the outside. He was going to go for the play. Vanderbilt knew right away, and they just ran straight through. And they just put they just pushed him out of bounds. Like there was just nothing there. I mean, there's definitely some issues. 
And that, you know, that that holding play at the end that negated, you know, a big run for Cody Schrader, who looked to have a little bit of a stronger second half like last week. Um, very unfortunate. Would have made his numbers look a lot better than they did with only um, 3.8 uh, per carry. But overall, I mean, it's looking a little bit better. And this offensive line, there's a lot of other guys who can step up, move in. Um, I think Cameron Johnson was the one at the end when there was a little bit of a scuffle. I think he might have been throwing up the the W. I don't know if you guys watched until the end of I that, but there was a little there was a little scuffle was. at the end. I don't oh, know. I, if it, I missed that. I, I think it was Cameron Johnson. He threw. I, I did not see who, but yeah. I, I don't know. It was one of the offensive linemen. Sure. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think the keys that you you know to see if I if I may try to summarize what both of you are saying is the key in all of this is that they overcame these moments, right? Like they, they found a way. It was very refreshing to hear from the commentators while I was watching this game, you know, like when Vanderbilt scored and we'll get to their touchdown that made it 24, 14. But when they scored that, like Missouri went out and punched them right back in the mouth. They responded. They found a way to respond to a little adversity in a game. When that, that, when that point hit, you were getting a little bit worried that, you know, there's nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. If they get a quick three and out, Vanderbilt can make this a, a real ball game. And, Missouri never really let that be the case, despite some of the penalty issues, despite some of the weirdness with the refs um, and and some of those offensive line struggles, like you mentioned. So let's get into the people that made that happen um, this afternoon for Missouri. And I think it's it's fitting as it has been for almost every game so far this year to start with those guys on the outside that are making Brady Cook and and. I sorry. What I was gonna say takes too much disrespect away from or respect away from Braden Cook. He looks phenomenal. We'll get to him, but some of these playmakers that he has help a lot. And it was really funny. You know, the three of us, along with some of our other fellow Mizzou um, cohorts, were were kind of discussing. You know, especially in the first half, we were like, "This is the Theo Wees game." Theo Wees, 118 yards, 10 catches, a touchdown, and we were just like, "Wow, it's so nice that they can have this compliment to Luther Burden." And when Burden is getting bottled up, we saw some some plays, at least I did, when, you know, he would get a ball short and Vanderbilt was making some good tackles, kind of kind of bottling him as much as they could a little bit. Luther Burden still winds up with 140 yards and two touchdowns. So he managed to usurp somehow the guy who we had dubbed. Yeah, this is his kind of game. But just overall, two guys that looked uh, phenomenal. And let I mean, to start with Theo Wees, um, what, a, what an awesome thing to see from the Oklahoma transfer. Definitely. Um, flashed everything we knew he had uh, today. Yeah, Theo Weiss, I mean, he's been good for sure uh, since he's gotten here, um, but he really turned it up and was great today. I mean, for the first half, he was the best receiver Mizzou had. Luther Burden was still great, but um, Theo Weiss really was kind of stealing the show early on. And that's a good thing, by the way. Uh, It takes a lot of the focus and burden pun intended, off of Luther, burden off, burden. Um, off of Luther to have to go out and drop 140 yards a game. Because even though he did do that today, he didn't necessarily have to do that in the first half. Theo Weiss really took a lot of the attention away, which opened him up more in the second half. Um, I also want to shout out Mookie Cooper. Um, didn't have eye-popping numbers, but very reliable wide receiver three. He looks like a, just a more complete receiver this year. And I was texting Kenny about this a couple weeks ago. Drinkwitz has really, I think, no other position on the team under Drinkwitz has really the growth of the position been more evident than receiver. I mean, you get Mookie Cooper a couple years ago. Obviously, when you get a transfer like that, you're expecting instant impact. But it took a little time um, for Mookie Cooper to kind of grow. And now, I mean, he's a perfect fit for this offense. And he's giving you... Very, very valuable snaps. Uh, Theo Weiss, a perfect compliment to Luther Burden, and then Luther Burden is Luther Burden. I mean, and also Marquise Johnson, game-breaking speed. We're going to miss Jacob He's Peeler, really right? good. <laughs> Jacob Peeler, nasty wideouts. These guys just keep popping up. That, that This is a good receiver room. Yeah, Mookie Cooper, uh, 56 yards on, on five receptions. And we talked about it a little bit the last couple of weeks. He's a different receiver than he was two years ago. We saw the four stars coming in from Ohio State in the transfer portal. We all got our minds going like, oh, this guy's going to be it. Like, this is our Luther Burden before we had Luther Burden, just because he was this prolific wide receiver that could do multiple things. Really wasn't – really weren't seeing much from him, especially last year. I think he led – uh, Mizzou in receiving yards twice last season was really stepping up when injuries were you know happening, especially at 
uh, the slot position. And right now he, he looks great as, at wide receiver three. And the thing about Marquise Johnson is that he's so fast. And there are two good articles if you want to read a little bit more about how fast he is and just the impact he had, not even just as a football player, but track and field as well. That's why he didn't come to Missouri. Like he was finishing out his track career in in Houston at Dickinson High School. Um, there's two articles, one in the Columbia Missouri and one in the Columbia Daily Tribune. You, you should check out if you want to learn a little bit more on him. One thing I missed from this this you know, receiving core, tight end core, is that Brett Norfleet caught a pass. I I, I don't did. remember I, I was going to shut that out. Half, I, I, I remember okay. Brett Norfleet podcast, so that was huge. I will say this about Brett Norfleet. While he did have the catch, and I think he definitely has the highest ceiling um, as a receiver out of the tight end room, he has got to be a better block. I mean, he totally, in the first half, the first drive for Mizzou when they settled for a field goal, that Brady Cook QB keeper out wide is a touchdown if he doesn't whiff on his block. But he did. And Tyler Stevens, the very next play, whiffed on a block as well. So the tight the tight end room outside of Jordan Harris uh, needs to step up in that department. Uh, but, again, it wasn't perfect. It was still more than enough to get a win. I'm glad you brought up Jordan Harris too, because I think it was one of the rushing plays, like right at like maybe on the two yard line, um, that he was like lined up almost as a fullback. Like he was back there. They like and to do that. He, he's looked good. I mean, he's a true freshman, and that's another guy. If you can go find an article on Jordan Harris, he didn't start playing football until junior, senior year of high school, or the, you know, in the middle of his high school career. He was a basketball player. He was a big dude, and he's really coming Correct around. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you write that? I don't know if I wrote that article, but I have Shameless. I have written stuff about Jordan Harris. Yeah, uh, had a good connection with him when he was there. Come, it was it was actually between Vandy and Mizzou. Those were his top two, and I actually didn't. I actually thought he was going to go to Vandy because I thought he would get more playing time. Mizzou saw a lot in him, and they even the defense. The defensive coaches were recruiting him. I, I know that uh, they do have some connections down there in Arkansas. He's from Pine Bluff. Other than that, I mean, he's been great. I mean, that's that's one of the the biggest pickups there, and I think he graded out as a four star at the end of the day which is really cool to see he also he got a ton of high marks for his blocking last week against memphis when norfleet was out and that's a good thing to have norfleet can be more of a receiver harris can be more of the blocker i think that's a good blend to have yeah a good one too because like this is such a this is a team that has like a history of great tight ends so it's good to see that like slowly but surely they're probably getting back to that um okay we're we're i'm gonna flash to a, a specific moment because i think this did become kind of a talking point and and obviously you know the game ended up being how it was but the the Drinkwitz um antics with the timeouts and his um you know trying to to go down the field and get another um score at the end of the first half how do we feel about that because we we make these jokes all the time about conservative drink wits and and you know punting when we don't think he should sometimes and you know maybe running out the clock at like halftime but he 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 seemed like he wanted to take a shot there and like a little bit weird use of his timeouts but i'm curious what y'all's what y'all's take on that was a little bit different to see i i get the mindset for him because his offense has been so good and so explosive this year it made sense to me and i actually initially i didn't get it but the way he used his first two timeouts in the first half i actually think looking back makes sense you want to make sure you can have one to play with um for the last drive when you get a couple plays um you can keep the the middle of the field option open the problem is he used his last time out after nate pete got a huge run it was a literally exactly what you could have wanted out of that play um and got out of bounds i don't understand why the timeout was used there even if you don't have like the play really set up it might be a better option to take the delay of game because that took away any option you had of being able to attack the middle of the field maybe you pick up 15 to 20 yards over the middle of the luther burden or something at least give yourself a shot at a field goal you kind of took that away forced you to either take a hail mary or work the sidelines it just made you too one-dimensional so if he didn't use the last time out there um I thought it, I think it was going to be perfect, but it, it, he, I think he kind of botched that one at the end there. It, correct me if I'm wrong, Peyton. I think there were six seconds on the clock after the run there too. Yeah, and there was. Um, you don't have enough time to spike it after that. Like there's no, no other way to stop it no, at all. No. It's either you're going to score 
or you're not. And that's like, that's all you got to, you're not going to kick the field goal. An absolute perfect sideline play, which is very. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't even think you'd get into the range. You know, we're not going to diss me. This is range after what we saw with the 61 yard field goal. Um, But it's just another, I mean, I think he's, you know, it was smart play. If you score there, you double down, you're going into the second half, you have the ball, you score again, you're up big. I mean, that's two scores, two more scores to be up on Vanderbilt, just more cushion going into the third and fourth quarters, which they played a good third quarter, fourth quarter, first half of the fourth quarter was really shaky. It looked like Vanderbilt was going to make some moves there and they they finished it off at the end. It just kind of seems like Drinkwitz is kind of playing a little cute. He's trying to work the clock, manipulate time. And it's some, it just really hasn't worked out in his favor. I, we, we understand what he's doing. We understand the K-State game. He called that timeout with the clock stopping inside uh, two minutes when you get the first down. Maybe just a thing he just wasn't thinking because there is that the rule change. But at the same time, it's just like these two times, we just hope it doesn't come back to bite him down the road. You know, it, yeah. He, yeah, he played what well, you won both games. The outcome was the same there. It's just you don't want this to hurt you down the road. End it's, of the day, of- this was. I was just going to say, this is a three-point play, but like Kenny said, you do got to start to get this right because later on it will really matter. And it it almost cost them against K-State. It really did. It took an SEC record um, kick to make sure that didn't matter. And I think he got closer to getting it right today, but that last time out, I just don't understand what was happening there. Maybe there's a good reason for it. Maybe Cook couldn't hear him, couldn't hear the play. Um, But, yeah, it was a little disappointing. But again, to your point, you could take the delay of game there. And then it it led to one of those almost Mizzou moments where they then throw a meaningless check down that I forget who caught it, but fumbled and Vanderbilt recovered and my heart dropped to my stomach because I just had visions of somehow him, them that ending in a scoop and score heading into halftime for Vandy. So, um, yeah, I speaking of moments to make your or I guess make your heart drop or maybe, you know, depending on the situation. I must have missed this because I know he did this earlier. I forget which game, but he did this earlier in the season. Did Connor Tollison botch another uh, snap with Brady Cook? He botched two today. Um, this one was way more costly. Uh, so I was this. I think it was either right at the end of the fourth, or, or right at the end of the third, or right at the beginning of the fourth. It was late. It was in the second half. Um, and Mizzou, it was back to back drives, and it was a little frustrating. They get on the plus side of the field to Vandy. They have second and short both times. They have negative yard run plays, which totally throws the momentum off. The first time Mizzou doesn't convert on third down, Cook throws it a little behind um, Burden. They punt it, which I didn't like, but they got an interception out of it, so it didn't really matter. This one, though, Drinkwitz decides to go for it, I think, wisely. It was a fourth and four. They really have not been able to stop Brady Cook a lot of the day. I like that call, and I hope Drinkwitz isn't scared off doing it. But again, like they do the, they just they come to the line of scrimmage. Cook reads the defense. They do the check over to the sideline, and just for whatever reason, Connor Tollison thinks he calls for the ball, and he snaps it. Cook is like not even looking at him. He's looking towards the sideline. Bounces off Cook onto the ground. Cook tries to make something happen out of it. Nothing happens. I believe it led to a Vanderbilt touchdown. Um, so that has happened a few times for Connor Tollison, and he has improved greatly blocking-wise, needs to improve center-wise now. I mean, this is stuff that you cannot have happen at crucial moments of the game. Yeah, okay. So I, I like, yeah, it's strange, because I know they do that weird cadence thing, which I guess is, I, I don't know how really advanced that is, and I agree with you. Peyton and that's a big thing for Peyton to say especially Connor Tolleson improving in the block game but I think that is evident and like it but yeah it's the basics that need to that need to be corrected one of the things that I saw like after the play is that Cook you know he called Connor Tolleson out I you saw him Good. like yell yeah. towards him and that that's what I'm saying it's it's a different Cook he's more of a leader of course he was voted captain last year voted captain this year but he's just more vocal. He's just showing more emotion and he's not going to drag his center down. You know, he's not going to call him out in the press conference or anything like that. It's not even Brady Cook's character, but he's going to get on his guys. You know, he's going to tell him like, you need, you know, just you know, get on this. I mean, this is something you need to focus on. And I actually just had one quick quote that just came from the press conference that I just wanted to talk about that Brady Cook yeah. said, it's about Marquis Johnson. We talked about him a little bit in this class thing. We could say it's so, so hard good. to overthrow him. I know if I throw it as far as I can, he's going to run under it and catch it just talks even more highly about how 
how fast Marquise Johnson is. Yeah, that's I mean, he's he's fantastic. He's really, really fun. I think, like Peyton said, it's a testament to who Jacob Peeler has found and how he's gotten these guys to build a dangerous wide receiver room. Should we go just because we're on the topic? Should we do Brady Cook before the uh, the defense talk about his uh, his big day? And like, I, I just I had a moment where I was watching him and I was like, this is not, like this is you know, head scratching stuff that he's doing for those who kind of know how far Brady cook has come from and and maybe not head scratching. That's probably not the right word. Cause we do understand how he's developed. He's won the QB battle now in two seasons played through a lot of injuries. He was playing through it again today. We know, he, I think his leg and his mobility are still a little bit limited. He finally slid and then broke his uh, metal knee brace and had to put on like a different one. That made me laugh. Cause we had been yelling at him to slide. And then he finally doesn't, it, it messes up the thing that's supposed to help keep him healthy um but he was just phenomenal again and it's a testament not only to those receivers but 33 for 41 395 yards four touchdowns i mean you you cannot ask for any better than that and then kenny I'll, I'll go to you first on this because you know give your take on brady cook and then he broke a record today too didn't he yeah he broke the this is an sec record uh for yeah. the most passes without an interception he's now up to 348 he broke it with his 19th pass uh, of the game and the last interception he had was against Vanderbilt and th this is uh, Brandon Haynes who's on the uh, the beat for the Columbia Missouri and tweeted that Brady Cook says he vividly remembers his last interception of Vanderbilt goes on to recount the exact play he says he knew about the record as of yesterday and hoped it continued and it, it's great to see that he continued against Vanderbilt shows the growth that of Brady Cook this past year just not just as a passer as a runner everything as a leader as a quarterback just his overall game and Actually, this is something Peyton, I think, should bring up. He tweeted this video, the, the big explosive play against Kansas State to open the game. That's where, like, maybe the light clicked. You know, everything was was on for Brady Cook right then and there. That's – I was going to say that because, I mean, geez, who is this guy? This is <laughs> – I mean, it's like watching a different person. I mean, he's setting all kinds of records. I believe Dave Matter tweeted a stat uh, that he's the first quarterback – at Mizzou, you think of the run of quarterbacks Mizzou has had over the years. Brad Smith, Chase Daniel, James Franklin, Drew Locke, Matty Mock, Blaine Gabbert. Just so many talented quarterbacks have come through. And Brady Cook is the first Mizzou quarterback since Chase Daniel in 2008 to throw for 300 yards in, a, in three straight games um, against wow. FBS opponents. That is absolutely insane. He was five yards short of throwing for 400 today. I mean, just he's an all-world player. Um, sometimes something just clicks on for a quarterback, and I genuinely think it might have been Kirby Moore giving him the keys to the offense, letting him hit that deep ball against Kansas State, because ever since then, this has been the most confident player I've ever seen play football. I mean, it is seriously – He's overthrown one guy on, and he he has really started just constantly corking it deep. He's overthrown one guy, and I think it was because he expected Mookie Cooper to be a little taller. <laughs> yeah, Peyton, if I'm not mistaken, you told me before we started recording that he got he beat he broke the record on the 19th uh, pass, yes. and it was a five. They lost five it yards. Was a five yeah, yard they did. So if he, beat, yeah, it's so if, thing. And if he gains it, he's at 400 yards for today. Well, oh, okay, you're the funny right. thing is, <laughs> yeah. he broke it the pass before. It was a like an Call 11 back, yard right? out route. Yeah, so I think I'm it was bird, and it was called back because of a holding, I believe. So yeah, because the announcer was like, he made it a bit because he was like, people in coma are going to be mad at me if I just called him a record breaker, and now he never does it, or he throws a pick in this next play. That was another so. thing. I was like, oh, here comes the most Mizzou thing ever. Yep. He's about to throw the most bro brutal pick you've ever seen, but he did another almost Mizzou moment pregame. They were like, yeah, Brady Cook's going to break this record today, and I was like, yeah he's throwing a pick six for sure. So thank goodness he didn't. He's stupidly locked in to quote Mr. Jimmy Butler. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's something. You, you got something, Kenny? Yeah, I got just one last thing. When you look at, you know, where Brady Cook has come, I, you look at his two, four, seven on three rivals, you know, he didn't have all of these crazy offers. I mean, Mizzou was his biggest offer and he wanted to be the Mizzou quarterback his whole life. Like, that was his dream. We never thought, you know, he would enter the portal because he wants to be here. The Heat, this is the job he wants. Yeah, people were a little bit tough on him. He did struggle last year. He had his faults. 
you just got to let the guy grow. And he grew into an offense, grew into an actual offensive coordinator. You know, no shots on Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz was head, the head coach and the OC. He was doing, you know, juggling too both much. too much. And he was a quarterback's coach as well at some points. And you give all of this to another guy, a guy who's one of the best offensive minds coach in the group of five, comes into the power five and is really just growing as this offense goes. And that was something that a lot of people, a lot of evaluators probably should have given Brady Cook was just time. Um, you need everything needs to be working on the offensive line, the weapons he's working. He has everything at his disposal right now, and he's doing it himself too. It's not just the weapons that are getting him yards. He's throwing the ball deep. He's making accurate throws. And it just, that's, that's all he needed was time. And, you know, I think everyone was a little bit harsh on Brady Cook last year. And like I said, there were, it, there were some errors that he made, but he's really just grown into this, this role and he's become a great leader for this football team. I'll, I'll just finish this, this part of it off. Wendell Shepard friend of the show luther burden on brady cook quote let him cook he puts it plain and simple it is that connection i mean i mean luther burden has had brady cooks back since day one i mean i remember last year he was always back in brady cook after that arkansas game luther burden mobbed him uh while he was doing the post game interview and i mean now i mean we're seeing really what it, it's become i mean kirby moore is just totally unlocked everything about this offense. Um, and I mean, you have to give credit to Brady Cook too. I mean, he clearly, I mean, after that quote, after the K-State game where he said, I hope everybody wants me to play quarterback for this school too. That really showed, I think, he he knew the flack he was taking last year and even the first two games of this year. Um, and he is really, I think, I don't think, I think he'd be a fool if you still had any reservations about free. Yeah, I, th- I think everyone wants him to play now. I was thinking about this before we jumped on here, uh, that no one really had heard from Brady Cook. They wouldn't talk to him in the spring of 2022, a big quarterback battle between him and Tyler Macon. Didn't really know what these guys sounded like, what they talked about. And then one day Drinkwitz puts both of them at the lectern and he's standing there kind of just watching them to see what they say. And it was just like talking to Brady Cook then and then hearing him talk now, different guy. Like I, you could have mm-hmm. told me, like you could have never told me that guy's name. And he said, oh, that was Brady Cook. I would not believe you. This is like, you, you can't say enough, like how much of difference two years made a year made for Brady Cook. And it just looks great. Confidence come is something, a long way. It? Yeah, yeah certainly. come a long way from him having to battle Tyler Macon for the quarterback job. I'll say that. Yeah, we've we've come. Uh, the Mizzou has come a long way in a lot of departments uh, at the and, start of this five. No, go ahead. Yeah, and the the broadcast mentioned it that you know the competition really built him. I mean, it turned him into a different player. And I mean, the competition this year was a lot better. He had a guy who played at Miami and a four star quarterback who, I mean, has looked good. Sam Horn is you know he had one of the best high school wide receivers of all time as well. Um, other than that, it's just they mentioned the Manning Passing Academy he went to this summer. We've heard that and. I mean, there's a lot of things that have contributed to a better season for Brady Cook. Maybe one of them, one of them told him something. Eli or Peyton, he got some words. Or Arch. Arch. Or yeah, Arch. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> people are saying Arch is up next. All three of them is that Brady Cook can actually run around. There you go. Yeah, he can't yeah. Use his That's legs. the only difference I can think of. Yeah, yeah, oh, me too. Accuracy equal. I mean, future future Super Bowl champ, Brady Cook. Um, all right, well, let's segue. Let's go to the other side of the ball now because this is where it gets, you know, I think a little uh, more gray in terms of the performance. Um, you know, we identified some issues on the offensive line, sure, but I think overall offense, A, as far as I would grade them. Um, I'm no Max Chadwick. But uh, defense, I'm going to start in the secondary because, uh, you know, the, the good, um, the obviously good highlight play, Chris Abrams drain another interception. Um, that's big. So what was he have three now? I think it's three in his last yes, three, three in the last three, three yeah. one in each of the last three after having yeah. zero last year. Yeah. So there you go. So a good improvement from him. I thought it, I thought they had some good coverage, but there was some miscues gentlemen the secondary too i know you guys want to touch particularly on that second vanderbilt touchdown that made it 24 14 what happened yeah i mean look the the the, like we mentioned previewing this game uh vanderbilt has very talented receivers uh will shepherd i think is an nfl receiver um kyle mcgowan uh he was bottled up largely for most of the game but i mean he was it, that that touchdown really 
was kind of what I was afraid of. Oh, Jaden McGowan, by the way, not Kyle. Kyle McGowan is someone else. Um, <laughs> but I, that second touchdown, I mean, and really the third touchdown was the one where I was like, really, are we doing this right now? There's just been cracks in, in the past defense this year. And it largely hasn't been from the cornerbacks. I don't think I've ever seen Ennis or Chris Abrams Green get torched deep. I know Ennis had one rep he lost um, against Shepard, but other than that, he was literally perfect. Um, the safeties, though, I am really starting to be a little concerned. I mean, Joseph Charleston last year, very, very solid for them. He wasn't like a game-breaker, um, but most of his Mizzou career, he has been pretty good. Today, he was really struggling. I mean, he, it looked like he was really just reacting super slow um, on that third touchdown. Uh, sometimes, like I said, I mean, players like Shepard and McGowan are going to make plays, um, but it was pretty concerning. It ultimately was just five or six bad plays for the defense amidst pretty a pretty decent day, but they were really, really bad plays. You hit it well there um, on the secondary, and I have really nothing else to add. I just wanted to talk about the defensive tackles. Um, coming into the year, it looked like a very strong core. Jaden Jernigan, Josh Landry, Realist George, and Christian Williams. Christian Williams, who came on the scene last year from Oregon, forced his way into the starting rotation, into the starting lineup. And it just seems like this year we're not seeing as much of a strength from those defensive tackles, not hearing their names called a lot, not seeing a lot of pressure. I think Christian Williams did get a – a pressure there at the end in the fourth quarter. And I was like, Oh, there he is. You know, I, I mean, Christian Williams is a character on that defense. You know, he's a leader as well. And it's just like, it just seems like a little bit uncharacteristic through this, these first five weeks, maybe we'll see it pick up a little bit, see some more explosive plays. I mean, Josh Landry who missed some time last year with a broken hand, broken wrist. He did have it wrapped for the final couple last last couple of games. I mean, he had four tackles at the defensive tackle position. That's the fourth most um, for Mizzou. Um, today and so it may be just something that they'll they'll work on I, I want to just shout out Austin Firestone for that big tackle at the end of the game he's looked like good depth and a second year guy played at Northwestern last year good pickup out of the portal probably someone who could you know get a little bit stronger and continue to come off the you know come off the bench and kind of rotate in but um, he's looked a little bit better these last two weeks kind of noticing him more you took the words right out of my mouth. I want to know, you know, you can you can gamble over there in Tennessee. I want to know if any uh, traveling Mizzou fan put money on an Austin Firestone sack because probably made a lot if that was even a thing you could bet on. Um, but it's not. Yeah, that it definitely isn't. But that's OK. Um, um, I want to shout out Austin Firestone because when he was, you know, coming to visit Missouri, his name was circulating. I, I texted him. I was like, hey, man when are you going to, like, are you going to announce your commitment soon? And he was like, yeah, he's, he's like, I'm going to announce it, like, in the next day. I'll just, you know, I'll let you know. 40 minutes later, he committed to <laughs> Mizzou. I mean, it was just that oh. quick. Like, I finished up an interview with him. I was like, hey, when can I expect you to just commit? And he was like, uh, in the next day or two, 40 minutes later, the graphic pops up. And I was like, okay, man. Like, <laughs> Maybe your interview, maybe your interview brought him the clarity he needed. He was just waiting oh, yeah, for the was, graphic. It's like, I, I really like waiting for the guy. graphic. Whatever yeah, the graphic gets in. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I did want to kind of piggyback off what Kenny said, though. Uh, the DNs have actually, for the most part, I mean, that was a maybe the biggest concern coming into the year on the defensive side of the ball. I liked what I've seen mostly from the deep defensive ends. Firestone has made a couple plays the last couple weeks. Uh, Darius Robinson, I'm, I'm kind of glad he got the day off today. Uh, don't want, I mean, drink said his calf has been nagging him. Don't want to push any kind of nagging injury like that, especially going into a game like LSU. Um, but when he's been playing, he's been productive. Uh, and obviously we've talked about Johnny Walker. I mean, he has probably been the brightest, uh, emergence on the team so far this year, I would say, uh, I really yeah. am. I don't need to see him drop back into coverage and try and cover Will Shepard with Tyron Hopper anymore. I saw that on a shallow crosser late in the game, and it went for like 30 yards. But for the most part, I've liked what I've seen from the DN room. I think it's been more than, maybe not more than enough, but like it's been a solid group. And uh, the, against the run especially, I mean, the entire D-line, the interior and the DNs have been out of this world this year. 
or go go ahead, Kenny. Got to shout, shout out Niall Scaddy as well. Uh, maybe you haven't seen him the last two games, but he did win SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week, so he's been a, oh, a great pickup in the portal as well. Of course, yeah, yeah. I forgot about him. I I paid the like this, this just popped in my head while you were saying your piece, and you guys feel free to weigh in or not on here, but like I almost feel like to generalize a bit what what we kind of wanted to happen um, so far with how this offense and defense has been balanced in terms of production has sort of happened where we knew in, in this season with Blake Baker, like the defense had a lot of high expectations. I think a lot of people thought it would be really good. And the hope was that the offense would be able to kind of reciprocate that and, and, you know, perform to, you know, kind of match its level, especially if the defense underperforms a little bit. And I think that's like, kind of what we've seen where the defense has maybe underperformed a little bit, but it's still very good. There's still a lot of talent there. And then the offense has, I think, blown us away in terms of how it's sort of found that balance, if that makes any sense. Cause I just know, like, I don't know the, like the defense, I think for me has been a li- overall a little underwhelming, but then the offense has been way over. That was, that, I mean, that was the thing that needed to happen coming into the year. You needed the offense to really step up this year. If you wanted to have a good year, um, I kind of did just because defense is so fickle sometimes. And last year they were so overwhelmingly good. I did expect a little bit of a step back. Um, and they have taken somewhat of a step back. It hasn't been bad by any stretch. No. It's been a good unit still. It's not been as dominant, I would say, especially on third and fourth downs. They've done poor for a lot of the year getting off the field. They were much better today, by the way. I don't know exactly what Vanderbilt was, but they were late in the game, two for eight. And Mizzou's offense, I mean, they came into this game three for 21 on third down. They were way better today as well. Uh, converted at least 50%, I believe. Um, oh, uh, it, maybe that was messed up by the end of the game. Uh, six of 12, yeah. So good good days um, in that department for each, one, for each unit, which was going to have to happen uh, to remain successful and the offense like you said Knowlton they've stepped up they've taken the little bit of slack the defense maybe left and they've yeah and then some pretty much I think that's what I was trying to articulate is that yeah when when we saw that kind of maybe somewhat expected maybe somewhat not expected regression from the defense the offense is just overwhelmingly covered for that when it's needed to so far which is I, I think huge um it- and you yeah, kind of, you, look, we talked about the defensive end positions a lot. And when you coming into this season, you know, they got guys out of the portal, um, but you lose guys like Isaiah McGuire, DJ Coleman, but I wouldn't even like say losing DJ Coleman, like you is like the worst thing. Cause he was great depth. I mean, he was a monster off the, you know, the edge as well, you know, very underrated player for Mizzou last year. Niles Gaddy comes over. He was a transfer as well. I mean, Austin Firestone comes in. Niles Gaddy's a little bit more seasoned like DJ Coleman was. So there, I mean, there's guys that are getting more reps at those positions and especially on the line and it's being more cohesive. I mean, even with D Rob not being there this past week and him switching back to the defensive end position, it's more just, you know, trying to get on the same page. Um, you get Ennis Rake's draw back this week. Uh, I think he had the knee sleeve on is what the difference was. So just seeing this whole, this whole, you know, defense healthy and just all together and get more, you know, like starts for Johnny Walker and he's looked better. Um, I definitely think you'll see this defense kind of push to those numbers it had last year. Yeah, and I will yeah. say um, Coleman did eventually usurp Jeff Coat for the starting job, if I'm not mistaken. But he I did, mean, yes. they lost their top three DNs, really McGuire, mm-hmm. Coleman, and Jeff Coat. Say what you want about Jeff Coat. I personally wasn't a big fan, but he was the third on their depth chart at that position. Um, and like Kenny said, they did a very good job of not, it's almost a bit moneyballish where you knew you weren't going to be able to replace Coleman, McGuire and Jeff coat, but you were able to recreate them in the aggregate. And that's what they tried to do with Firestone, Gaddy, moving Darius Robinson over. And I would say, and Johnny Walker has stepped up. I would say it has largely worked out for them. I want to touch on Trey John Jeffcoat. We know Arkansas did not play a good game against Texas A&M today, 34 to 22 loss in uh is it Heartburn, Arlington. Yeah, um, Dallas in mean, Arlington, but Trey John Jeffcoat. Uh guess how many tackles he had in this game? 
goose egg. He, he had One. a half tackle. Um, oh, <laughs> how can Mizzou exist. live without that production? That sucks. And just remember all the Arkansas fans on social media just picking fun at Mizzou all fans. Of Mizzou's best all in players, all in. All of Mizzou's best players keep going to Arkansas. Trajan Jeffcoat and his half tackle were sorely missed today. We will we will shout out their baseball team because they have one of the best they have classes Ty of Will all time. This I mean the, the class in general, just uh transfers and freshmen is gonna be one of the best baseball teams in the SEC. Hey, don't forget about Trevor Brazil, guys. Basketball side. Once he gets healthy, he's going to really get going. <laughs> His knee doesn't explode first. Um, Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Um, I, I do want to touch because I, I I want this take from you guys because I thought it was pretty funny. The announcers at one point said that Vanderbilt special team, shout out to Kenny with with Matthew Hayball. And he was good today, Vanderbilt's punter. He had some, he had some boomers. Um, avoided kicking to to Luther Burden, so good take on that, Kenny. But there was a point when the I remember the announcer saying that Mizzou has reciprocated Vanderbilt being really strong on special teams. But from what I know, we had some Eric Link moments in this game. So again, we talk about things that can hurt this team as the SEC play wears on. That is a thing I I don't I definitely still was not sold on. We don't have to dive too deep into it. Um, that is not a part of their game. I am still at all sold on. I didn't see any improvement today. I mean, here, apart from Luke the punt, Bauer, Luke Bauer yeah, Luke had Bauer's a fantastic good. punt that the defense almost immediately ruined because of a roughing the passer. Just a horrible. But that was the worst penalty of the game. Realist George getting a roughing oh, the yeah. passer. That was bad on a on when the ball was on the one inch line. That can't happen. But again, they wound up punting, so it didn't matter. But Outside of that punt, I mean, Bauer kicked one into the end zone from plus field, which is not what you want. Uh, again, I don't understand why Mizzou ever runs out kicks. On Me neither. Just fair catch it. And they did later in the game. But it again, they did it for some reason uh, today. Um, no, I mean, and I guess there weren't any snapping. And I mean, they didn't do anything great today. They were fine. Right. That's why I, think, I was just like, I didn't feel like they reciprocated. Yeah, I didn't Vandy feel like, whatever. and I didn't feel like Vandy made a lot of plays on. Yeah, right. Like, it, it was just like, like a <clears throat> typical game. Yeah. All right. I wanted to stop on that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw the first or the field goal for uh, the first score for Mizzou. I think it was a little bit like wonky because Mavis was going to kick it and the ball wasn't even coming yet. Yeah. I don't he, know if you guys saw line, that. Like it was yeah, delayed. It was a line drive. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, his kick was weird because of like he was stepping weird, into yeah. it and the ball wasn't snapped yet. It wasn't even like in the motion of snapping. He yeah, was just he had to delay himself. So that's why it was so low. He didn't like get any arc under it then. He also and kicked there was an one that uh, on that. Yeah. Um he also why don't kicked you one accept that... it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a message we got. That, uh, that was a I, I, to be honest, almost thought I kind of forgot it wasn't an automatic first down either. So for a second, I was about to start yelling. And then I was like, oh, wait, Peyton reminded me. It was like, it's a. It's you guys don't think that Drinkwitz doesn't know that or they don't tell him like, if they're gonna uh, tell him that, hey, you still don't have a first actually, down. They showed they this? showed him. No, Drinkwitz. I don't think you should give Drinkwitz that much credit because they showed him and he he mouthed like, oh, it's not a first down, right? And the ref was like, yeah. And he goes, all right, we'll he take knew. the points. He he, he said knew. He was just making sure okay. he didn't. I mean, he was making sure that sure. he doesn't sure. give them the first down. I'll give yards. him some more credit, I guess. I guess. But I no, I don't trust Drinkwitz. I had no... I am that. normally a very much a go for it, like, be aggressive guy. Mm-hmm. That, was, that would have made no sense to really go for it there to me. That's why I asked you first, because I was like, I feel like Peyton should be getting mad at this, but he's not, which means he that probably knows fine. something that I don't know. <laughs> um but yeah uh so i mean a a big win i i think an overall really dominant performance there's some weird stuff that happened like Peyton said they didn't play perfect but they got the job done certainly a lot better than 2019 kenny your uh three player fact would have been a fun one for uh the uh, other segment that we do instead of the pac-12 thing what three players were on the 2019 team i think it was four it was four yeah there were four yeah see and it was want to try it I know which. It's up to you. You (laughs) no, Jack. Then Jack, you try it. Yeah. You oh to pick the four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned one. When you really, when you really think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Every one of them. Uh, I think this is gonna take me too long. I don't know. 
Okay. Darius One, Robinson. Darius Robinson. Okay, yeah. He didn't play uh, today. So Chad Bailey. Yep. Uh, Xavier okay. Delgado. And who was the last okay. one? Okay. Javon Foster. That's right. And oh, yeah. Foster wow. and Bailey played. Or maybe it was Foster and Delgado played. Uh, Those do all make sense. Special teams the last yeah. time Mizzou lost to Vanderbilt. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. Well, you know, quick thing before we before we call it. I mean, 5-0. and oh, we're, we're watching, recording this on a Saturday during this. What if it, like, everyone go watch this. But if you're watching on Saturday, go flip on the LSU Ole Miss game. Because it's a wild one. 42 to 30 after the it's quarter. over. <laughs> no, I'll get it up quick. You watch. You watch. But, um, master. LSU next week. We're hyped now. Yeah, no. They got they get, did what they needed to do. Win or lose, I, I don't think your season is broken if you lose next week. I think it's no big deal if you lose next week. I think Mizzou absolutely can win next week, especially because, boy, LSU's defense is suspect. But they got to LSU 5-0. and That was what they really needed to do to potentially have a successful season. If you lose next week, whatever. You still have plenty of time to make it a good year. I'll talk more about it in the preview, but one thing I'm just going to say now is that this is the Makai Wingo Bowl. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you have to beat Makai Wingo. That's all That's all you got to do. Beat Makai Wingo. <laughs> beat Makai Wingo, you beat LSU. Yeah, I'm very excited. 5-0, and Mizzou is now avoiding the trap game in the construction site. I love that Mevis literally hit the side of one of the buildings they were building on an extra point. That made me laugh. That's my last note. Mizzou 38, Vanderbilt 21. Um, we'll look forward to LSU next week. And for the three of us, this is the Unwritten Rule presented by Bet Online.